0: And now it's time for Frederick County Sports Weekend, a talk around the Frederick sports scene with your host, Steve Nibbs. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. Along with Tim Abercrombie, I'm Steve Nibbs, and my guest today is a Urbana graduate who certainly made his name uh, and is continuing to make his name in the UFC uh, category, and that's Mr. Matt Semmelsberger. And Matt, thanks for being with us and taking a few moments today yeah man no problem appreciate you guys having me on indeed my my uh, our pleasure um so matt uh you were a three-sport guy at urbana and uh then went to marist and was you were playing football so when did that lightning bolt hit you that the ufc was a, a new career choice for yourself
1: uh, I'd say probably right around well I, it was kind of in the back of my head uh even going into college um but uh, I'd say probably around my junior junior year that's really when it started getting uh pretty serious for me uh and uh, I'd say by the time I hit my senior season and got done my senior uh football season I was pretty much fully uh fully invested and in about to like take that take that journey man
0: what uh was there an outside uh someone that was kind of help you or uh to you know get get into that process and and uh move into it or was this just something that you definitely wanted to try
1: yeah no i didn't really have uh i mean i had been training uh at a martial arts gym in frederick called the clinch academy of martial arts they've been around for a very long time in the frederick area so i've been training with them uh, ever since I have been in high school. But then once I got into college, um, uh, I kind of got a little bit more information on like the MMA world. And just as I kind of met some pro fighters that were at the gym that I was at uh, in Frederick, and I, I, made a couple connections, but the fight world I kind of got to learn was like a very, very like wide open, uh, wide open space. So uh, it's a lot of, about like who you know and making connections and stuff you know just like with a lot of things in life um but I'd say when I when I left college and I first kind of started my journey I didn't uh, I didn't know too much and I didn't know too many people uh, going into it gotcha so, yeah I was kind of like yeah let's dive into this uh, this world and see what happens
2: okay. Matt, when you uh, started in uh, your UFC fighting, you know, you, you started fighting in UFC really not that long ago, and after your first fight in the UFC, they I, I was listening to one of your interviews, and they were talking about, you were talking about playing football at Marist, being a safety, and your weight at 220 pounds, and... I was kind of amazed that now you fight at 170. Like, what went into that process to determine, to, you know, a 50-pound weight cut, and how did you get there, and, you know, kind of what determined that that was going to be your weight to fight at, and how hard was it to get there?
1: Yeah, so it was uh, It was actually a pretty long process uh, overall of me getting to 170 for fighting, um, but I will say a lot of the Obviously, initial weight was from football and lifting weights all the time. And the position I played um, was like a strong safety. It was honestly more like a linebacker position, but just kind of like with some defensive back responsibilities mixed in. Um, So I was like, you know, this big, big guy. And like the needs needs for the position I played were, you know, taking on big 300-plus-pound linemen and stuff like that. So I kind of needed to be bigger. Uh, and this is where, like, I've gained like a whole new respect for like the human body and the uh, the abilities that the human body has. So, kind of like, uh, like humans do a very good job of adapting to their environment. So, I think when I got back from college and started training just strictly mixed martial arts, I think my body just kind of naturally <clears throat> made the adjustments that it needed to. Now, I didn't fight uh at welterweight which is 170 starting out i got back from college and i started fighting at light heavyweight which is uh 205 pounds and then i did that pretty much throughout my whole amateur career and then when i turned professional i fought uh at middleweight so that's where i thought i might i might be and then uh by the time i got to my fourth pro fight that's when i finally did the welterweight and i've been there ever since so it's been um The process of it, I think, honestly, man, the biggest difference was like kind of like the needs I was placing on my body. Whereas in college, I was doing a lot of like heavy, heavy lifting, power lifting, eating a ton of food um, and stuff like that. Whereas with fighting, you have to kind of watch your figure and you can't be too big and too slow. uh, But at the same time, you can't be too small for your weight class. So it's like a very big balancing act, man.
2: Well, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious too. Like, how, like between fights, because you you you're fighting pretty regularly. As I as I looked at, it's about every four months. It seems like that you're getting ready for another fight. Well, what kind of weight uh, allowance do you allow yourself between fights? Like to get to that 170 weight, do you was it a 10 pound weight loss or what is it?
0: Uh,
1: I'm not entirely sure. Like what it, how much weight I'm actually losing like in terms of uh like how much water is lost or how much you know like uh like how many carbohydrates or calories i'm losing but um i will say i walk around about 20 pounds north of 170 give or take some pounds so either high high 180s or low 190s is usually what i allow myself to walk around at and then i'll i'll be Around 190, uh, leading up until about the week from the fight, and then the last seven days leading up to the fight is like where all the crazy weight cut protocol goes into effect, and uh, that's a whole other adventure within itself, man. I
0: guess so. Interesting. So, Matt, um, along the same lines, what kind of uh, regimen, if you talk about uh, in general, that you follow as far as eating, Uh, the training, uh, any lifting, uh, any more of the uh, martial arts, all that combined to get you ready uh, to fine-tune what you have already?
1: Yeah, so I kind of have like a weekly regimen. I'm not too, uh, like some people like strict, like very strict schedules that they follow to a T. Um, I do like a general schedule, uh, so I'll kind of lay that out for you, Uh, but I'm not a super specific person. And it also is like, I've learned to kind of listen to my body pretty well. So some days if I'm, like, really hurting or there's something off, um, I can kind of adjust my training, still staying busy, but but not maybe doing something as intense as I usually would. Um, But usually, like, on a Monday, I'll go into Crazy 88 uh, for fight team, which is basically all the MMA fighters, the competitive guys. We get together for about two hours in the morning, uh, late morning, Uh, and we do like a bunch of drills, uh, and then we do a bunch of sparring and then we'll do a bunch of like bag work or pads with partners. Uh, and that's usually my first session of the day. Okay. Then I'll go back and kind of relax for a little bit and then I'll go in in the evening around like like six or seven and i'll do about an hour and a half to two hours of uh like drilling and then maybe like some rolling uh rolling's just another term for like uh like when you're practicing your jujitsu or grappling uh-huh uh so it's like you go up to your partner be like hey man do you want to do a few rolls so like a few rounds of like just grappling no strikes or anything like that uh-huh. um so that's like two sessions, uh a two a day on Monday and then on Tuesday, um I'll get up and I'll go do like uh a no-gi jiu-jitsu class which no-gi just means like you know those kimonos that people wear yes. uh, that you see like yeah so it's like in jiu-jitsu we have gi which is when you wear the gi and they have a whole bunch of different things you can do with that and then it's called no-gi's when you just wear like shorts and a t-shirt or a rash guard or something like that. Uh, which is like actually makes it a pretty different, different style of grappling. Um, believe it or not. So, anyways, um, Tuesday morning I wake up from like a busy day on Monday, and I'll uh, do like a pretty easygoing uh, grappling session in the morning. And then usually uh, Tuesday evening I'll come back and I'll do like a, some sort of lifting or strength workout. Maybe go to the gym, lift weights, or depending on how I'm feeling, I might do like. Um, I like a lot of body weight uh, exercises and like almost like stretching-related exercises that kind of help with uh, recovery and just like staying mobile and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that on like, a, on like the evening of a Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, I usually repeat what I do on Monday, so it's like another, another two a day session. Uh, and then Thursday, I'll probably do like a one, one session in the morning, uh, and then something easy going in the evening. And then Fridays, uh, I don't do anything until the evening time when we go in. And Friday is like our hard sparring session. Um, So, like, we put headgear on, we put all of our gear on, and uh, we're throwing a little bit heavier and a little bit harder than we usually do during (laughs) the week. Um, Just because it's going into the weekend, everyone's pretty much going to have a rest. Um, So I'll go pretty hard Friday night with my partners. We'll We'll beat each other up pretty good. uh, And then we'll do like some sort of like grappling uh, live situations at the end uh, just to get our grappling in as well as our striking. Uh, And then usually by the end of that, I think we spar and like drill for about an hour and a half Friday night. And uh, it's like short and intense, short and sweet, like I like to call it. (laughs) Um, And then Saturdays, uh usually it's just another strength day for me i don't usually do any uh mma training i will like shadow box as a warm-up and stuff like that before i go lift um and then sundays i'm usually just kind of chilling doing whatever i like to go to the mountain i like to go to sugarloaf or like cunningham falls and stuff like that so that's a little bit of a weekly breakdown i'm still kind of like perfecting it and and adjusting myself based on, like, how I feel. But it's been uh like I said, man, it's a balancing act, and I'm still, like, feel like I'm constantly always trying to adjust and make things a little bit easier, a little bit more efficient uh, on my end. But it's, uh, it's definitely a skill within itself, man, scheduling and all that.
2: Uh, it sounds like it, Matt. <laughs> Shoo. Matt, you're off to, to in the UFC. You are off to a four and one start with uh, two knockout, two quick knockouts, 15 and 16 seconds in two of your bouts. Um, as you rise through the uh, UFC, what what kind of timetable are you on? As far as you know, what's involved? As far as people you need to fight or how many fights to you're competing for? Let's say a championship belt.
1: Yeah, so it's a pretty cutthroat business, so I'd say honestly it all depends. If you keep winning, you'll rise pretty quickly. Um but obviously those those losses will create kind of serious road bumps and, and uh obstacles that'll set you back. So for me, man, like just like I mean, you know like the community that we're from, like we're this is a very like blue collar, hard working, like uh upward looking community. So um I always envision myself uh you know, as a champion and I do believe that I have the potential to become a champion even in the UFC as big as a, as a title as that is. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I I do this stuff because I love it and I do it because it makes me a better person. And uh, I don't know, fighting has always just been like a form of truth for me. Um, so I was like if I'm not if I'm not doing things right, generally it's going to reflect itself in my training and my fights. So I don't know, man, I almost use fighting um, as a tool for life um, as much as I do it to compete and, uh, you know, and kind of like feed that competitive side of me. So um, I do want to become a champion, um, but how many fights that takes, that's hard to say, man. Um, But I will say, I think right now I'm in somewhere in the, like, top, 40 in the world for welterweight rankings um so i think if i were to go in and win like the next two fights i think i could get an opportunity to maybe fight somebody within the top top 15 maybe or something like that now after i get that fight i can if i can beat somebody within the top 15 rankings i think that would put me in a position to like you know, really start getting close to to maybe getting a title opportunity, or, or starting to make my way towards that that championship fight. You know,
2: indeed, yeah, exactly. And so that, that that's kind of it. Like when when you talk about top forty, you're not talking about top forty in the state of Maryland. You're talking about top forty in the world. So that that that's hard to know, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Right, yeah, man, it's crazy because you know, and I know I don't know how exactly they do rankings, and I don't buy into rankings too much. You know what I mean? I when I look at my, my name and and uh, top forty or fifty ranking in the world, it's not like like I believe I am one of the best fighters in the world, but at the same time, I'm not looking at that like, oh, I'm I'm forty, I'm forty something, I'm I'm fifty something, you know, I'm this yeah. or that. I'm I'm uh I'm not gonna be too focused on uh on the whole ranking stuff, man.
0: You yeah. just just keep winning. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> Matt, um, looking at uh, uh, you've got the name Semi Jedi uh, as your as your name. Uh, and of course, everybody needs to have that uh, with them. But in, in general, quickly, what are some of the uh, basic strategies when you go into the ring?
1: uh so some of the basic strategies i would say uh and it depends on your opponent because you could have a guy who's like a boxer striker uh who wants to stand on the feet with you or you could have a guy who's like a wrestler or like a jiu-jitsu guy who wants to tie you up uh like a pretzel on the ground or and beat the crap out of you so um i'd say in general, uh, the strategies that I employ are one that's striking-based, so boxing-heavy. Uh, I like to use my hands primarily whenever I strike. Um, so a couple of my strategies, striking-wise, are all kind of based off of you know, throwing my hands first and then letting everything else kind of follow up behind it. Um, and then my other kind of strategy that I like to look for is how to get people on the ground uh, and particularly being on top of them, I don't like like you never want to be on your back in MMA. That's kind of like <laughs> an unwritten <laughs> yeah. rule. Right, uh, if you're on your back, you're usually losing the fight. Um, so I kind of have like these two different strategies: one for if I am liking how I'm feeling on the feet, and and I want to keep it in a striking engagement, and then I also have kind of a little bit of uh, a technique or like a, a tactic for. Maybe I don't like what I see on the feet against this person, and I want to get them on the ground where they can't move their feet and get out of the way of me. Gotcha. They have to stay right there. So, it's, um, dude, There's, it's very much an art for a man. There's, like, a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different techniques to do, like, one single thing, you know, when you talk about, like, a takedown. So, it's like, all right, I have to take this person, put them on the back, on the ground. And it's like, how am I going to do that? Man, just that alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on for days, man.
0: <laughs> I, I guess you could, but that wrestling background certainly helps with that. I'm sure. Oh, football. So I'm like, yeah. I,
1: I like a lot of like single leg takedowns and like double leg takedowns, and it's very much very reminiscent of like being a football player. So usually, if I can put myself in a position where I can kind of off balance somebody or like get them thinking about maybe my boxing, and then I can kind of explode into a takedown, much like. A football tackle really mm-hmm. and my coaches know that too they do a pretty good job of teaching me like uh different styles of takedowns that are more so like uh like i said kind of like taking somebody down in a football game or tackling a running back or a quarterback or something like that so it makes it fun for me
2: indeed hey uh, i want to know this too what's it like when you walk into that cage to fight on that stage because uh you know you got Bruce Buffer in there and it's got to be such an adrenaline rush but at the same time you better have some inner calm so how how do you handle that like that mental piece of fighting
1: oh I think that comes with experience just uh I kind of think how many uh, I had 13, I've had 13 professional fights and I had I think I had eight amateur fights so it's like over 20 something times now that I've made the walk into a cage and had ha- had to deal with those emotions. Now, granted, obviously I, I didn't get to that stage, uh, that level of stage uh, like the UFC until about five fights ago. So um, it was, it was definitely an adjustment, man. And it, I would definitely say that the calm that you speak of comes from the experience and knowing that you've been there before Um and that you've you've overcome it before, and uh, and I speak definitely from past flights, but also just in life, man. Like um, crazy things that have happened in my own life, you know. Just as everyone's kind of had their their chaos, uh, that that kind of creeps up on them. I've had a lot of crazy things happen in life, and just have matured as a person, man. And I think that's honestly a very very big part of how I'm able to keep keep myself together and, and stay calm and, and all that craziness, man. And especially when you got Bruce Buffer announcing you. That yeah, is and, uh, actually, funny story. After I knocked out that Martin Sando dude, right after, I guess, we were they were waiting to see if he was going to get up and stuff. So I was just like right next to Bruce Buffer, like casually having a little conversation with him. And it was just, it's surreal, man. Yeah. Definitely surreal in a way.
0: I'm sure it is. Matt, we're running low on time here. It always happens. Uh, We we enjoy talking to all the athletes and coaches that we have, and it goes by so quickly. But certainly want to thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule. Certainly wish you the very best in your career in the UFC, and we uh, will certainly be rooting for you back here in Frederick. And good. Great success coming your way, we hope, uh, Matt. And, uh, again, thank you. Yeah, anytime. And
1: thank you again, guys, for having me on. We'll uh, we'll have to do another one again, maybe uh, either before or after my next one.
0: That, that sounds like an idea. So, oh, I appreciate it again, Matt, and, and uh, good luck next match. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you got it. it. You were listening to Ferret County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. For Tim Abercrombie, I'm Steve Nibbs. And we'll see you next time.
1: Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD.